Welcome to the Fields of Success podcast, where you go behind the scenes with financial planner, business owner, and rural Ontarian, Brian Hilt, to hear stories of how successful entrepreneurs navigated the challenges on the path to success, and get insights from business consultants and professional advisors about continuing to grow and operate a successful business. Here's your host, Brian Hilt. Welcome. Welcome to the Fields of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hilt. Today, I'm pleased to sit down and have a discussion with Marlo Gingrich of Abundance Canada. We're going to talk about charitable giving and Abundance Canada and how they work with those interested in charitable giving to enable them to give charitably to the causes that are near and dear to them. So Marlo, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm pleased to have you here. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the invite. So to start off, Marlo, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and that before we get into what you do specifically with Abundance Canada? Mm -hmm. Sure, thanks. I grew up on a farm, actually northwest of Exeter, uh, right in Huron County. And so I've got strong rural roots both on my side of the family and also my wife's side of the family. And in fact, I worked in agriculture for about 25 years, uh, specifically in the swine genetics business. So initially, I was with a prominent purebred breeder uh, in the Tavistock area, and then most recently for Ontario Swine Improvement, and I was managing their gene transfer unit uh, just east of Woodstock. I live in Tavistock for, or I have lived in Tavistock for 30 years, and we call that our home. And we truly enjoy that uh, community. I serve on the executive of our local soccer club. I'm quite involved in my uh, local church also. And my wife, Janice, and I, we have two post-secondary boys. And so uh, our oldest is at Chiropractic College in Toronto, and our youngest is at the University of Guelph studying egg business. Very interesting. So you have one in egg business, one in chiropractic college. That's very interesting. Yeah. And your background is very intriguing as well. I could ask lots of questions about that, but I guess I won't delve into that too much right now. So thanks for sharing that. Um, can you give us a high level of Abundance Canada, maybe call it the thousand foot view of Abundance Canada and your work there as a gift planning consultant? Mm-hmm, sure. So I've really enjoyed working with Abundance Canada for a little bit over the last four years. And the thing that really resonates with me is I appreciate helping very generous people who want to make a real difference in the world. And for many of those individuals, financial generosity is truly a deep part of their DNA. And for many, in fact, it's part of their faith. And for others, it's just a deep-seated way to give back and contribute to society to benefit their neighbors both near and also far away. And so for some context, Canadians donate approximately $12.8 billion a year. And in fact, 82% of Canadians would state that they donate to charities in some way, shape, or form. And so Abundance Canada is a donor-advised public foundation And a public foundation is a charity that provides services for charitable donors. And so really, in summary, we help to facilitate charitable giving. Interestingly enough, we have got a 44-year history, and it started with a group of Mennonite folks who saw the need for some charitable gift facilitation, and specifically from a faith-based perspective and a context. So as well as a way for donating funds, also then to be held and then also dispersed. That was one of their initial visions. So last year, we would have receded about $39.5 million. 
And those same donors then distributed and actually gave away to the charities of their choice, 19.7 million. So about half, effectively half of the total value. So that's one part of our services in that a person can transfer funds to Abundance Canada, get that charitable donation receipt for the full amount immediately, and then give away that money over time. And so that's a really unique feature. That trend is growing and it really fits in well specifically, Brian, for farm and business owners. The other growing edge to our work is the donation of appreciated securities from a non-registered investment account. And we would have processed a little over $25 million in that category alone last year. So that's a really big and, in fact, growing area of philanthropy. And it holds a, a, really a tremendous opportunity for donors that hold assets in that category. So in summary, my day-to-day -day work involves helping people with their strategic charitable planning. That certainly is where Abundance Canada shines. And this includes both lifetime giving and as well as charitable intent through their will. Uh, the Ontario office is actually based in Kitchener, and Abundance Canada has a staff of uh, 23 uh, staff members and a national presence actually in all provinces. So we're often positioned as the charitable giving experts. And to be clear, we don't help determine which charities people support. We want them to be able to provide that list themselves. But we do help to facilitate their charitable giving and often regarding more complex situations. Very interesting. So to put that in, I'm going to use the, the term layman's terms, but to put it, I guess, at, at a normal level, basically when people give to, they can give and it goes to Abundance Canada and then they specify where it goes from there so that it benefits people because they can get a charitable receipt for the full amount before it has to be distributed to the charity of their choice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think you've captured that well and that they can time some of those transfers to Abundance Canada that's relevant then to their situation. And then uh, they can do distributions over time. So that's exactly what we do day to day. Very good. Very interesting. So I've heard the term before that people give out of different pockets. I think you've used that when I've talked to you previously even. So could you explain a little bit for the listeners what that phrase means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a great way and a great analogy to explain different options on how people give and specifically from what assets they may choose to give. So yes, I often like to describe that people give out of four different pockets. So one is very simple and we all know how cash works. And so people use a credit card to sponsor a friend for a hike-a-thon, or they simply write out a check to their favorite charity. So we all know how that works. It's very simple. The second can be through life insurance policies, and there's some really neat and interesting options that exist in that area. And so we can work with people as far as then doing the distributions from life insurance policies. The third is through their will, leaving a part of their estate for charity. And Abundance Canada provides some unique and actually creative ways to make this part of estate planning so much easier. We'll talk about more of that, I'm sure, in the future here in the podcast. The fourth one is not very well known, and that is the gifts of appreciated securities from a non-registered investment account. So as I mentioned earlier, this area is growing in popularity because of how people hold assets. And so uh, this is also an avenue that includes private company shares, which is another area that uh, is not as commonly known and is certainly relevant to people as they're implementing business succession plans. 
So in summary, there's many different ways to give, and Abundance Canada, as that donor-advised foundation, is actually ideally suited to be flexible and to be relevant to these many varying situations. And this is one thing that we truly pride ourselves in. We are donor-focused, and we want to provide them with the best solutions for what they want to accomplish. So with that being said, there is an increasingly popular conversation for individuals with charitable objectives who want to make a deductible charitable contribution in one year, and you've touched on this already, but then also want to make those charitable distributions to the charities of their choice over a period of years. And we're really ideally fitting into those situations. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm going to ask you to maybe tell a brief story that can illustrate for the listeners a situation where that's possible. But I did want to circle back just briefly and touch on one thing that you mentioned life insurance policies. So not to get into any nitty gritties regarding it, I know that there's a lot of variables that can involve an actuarial evaluation sometimes and those types of things. But just so listeners know that life insurance policies can be used as a donation. So if you have a policy that you've had for 30 years and you have no need of life insurance and you're interested in giving to charity, Rather than just canceling it right away, it certainly is worth looking at whether it's something that can be donated to a charity, you get the tax receipt for it, and the charity actually gets a benefit from it rather than just canceling the policy. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a couple of different ways to structure uh, uh, the life insurance policies as to who's the owner and then who's also the beneficiary, Uh, but they can be used for charitable intent and especially for people that may have some need for... Uh, addressing some tax obligations, uh, either as they pass away, that can be huge, or certainly as you're articulating uh, some of that cash value, even during when they're still alive, uh, can be assessed and then considered to be uh, given to charity. So yes, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to those conversations, but uh, to be very clear, uh, they're an important part to a lot of people's plans. Very good. Very interesting. That's something that I myself, before I think it was it would have been three or four years ago, I was at uh, some place where Abundance Canada presented, I believe, and they talked about the life insurance policies, and that was probably the first time I'd heard about it, so mm-hmm. very interesting. So I said I was going to ask you for a brief story. I'm sure you have a plethora of them that you can tell, but maybe do you have a story about a situation, obviously not using real names, that you can convey just to kind of illustrate to people how that could work out? in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to tell you a story about uh, uh, Kathy. And so she would currently be a widow. Uh, she was married for probably 40 some years, but uh, Calvin had passed away about two years ago. And so she would be in her early 70s. And so that would be the age and stage of, uh, of Kathy and the person, the primary person here in the story. She was looking for a way, as that rollover happened from her spouse, a lot of the assets obviously ended up in her hands. And I think the family was continuing to be increasingly aware of the the tax obligation, potentially, if and when uh, Kathy would pass away. And so they'd worked with her accountant, and the strategy was to simply pull a higher than the minimum percentage out of their RIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund, and be able to uh, pull more than the minimum percentage. What they then wanted to do is match that 
and offset that with a larger and more strategic uh, charitable donation to Abundance Canada to help then uh, take care of some of the tax obligation that they would be uh, matching then with that withdrawal. And then the net amount after the income tax uh, details were settled were simply to redeploy it back into a TFSA to invest it again. And so you can see how these three things then work very well together. They wanted to basically create some income, offset it then with a charitable donation receipt, and then redeploy uh, those investments in different ways to be able to help uh, address simply those tax obligations. And so Kathy basically came in with a multi-year plan to help to control a lot of those details and set up a flexible gifting account that they can then give this money away over a period of time in the future. So it really snaps well together. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. So there's a lot of numbers that work there behind the scenes and certainly if that's something that somebody wants to do or explore further, they should consult with their tax professionals. Certainly you can reach out to Abundance Canada as well for input and uh, other professional advisors. But I think the possibilities there are really amazing. So let's talk about some methods of charitable giving. Um, before getting into them, I think it's worth mentioning that we've talked a lot so far about the tax benefits of charitable giving. And that's a reality. There's tax benefits of it. My opinion is that charitable giving shouldn't just be done for the tax benefits. But if you're inclined to give, as in Ontario, we're a very charitable population in the faith-based community. There's a lot of charitable giving as well. Then there are ways of giving that are more beneficial than others. And so we do talk about tax a lot in that regard, but I think that that's important to mention that we're not suggesting this as a strategy to just reduce tax. We're saying if you're inclined to charitable giving, then there's ways that you can do it to take advantage of what what the tax breaks are given. So Marlo, what are some charitable giving strategies that are specific to business owners that in your experience you see not being utilized? Mm -hmm. And I agree with your comments and research actually shows the same conclusion that people do not just give for tax benefits. Obviously, they have a connection to the cause and they want to give back and people do not primarily uh, give for the tax benefits, but uh, it does make good business sense then to try and optimize these tax benefits then are, that are provided and that's often where we then fit in. So. People want to be smart and strategic about how they go about all of this. And being a good steward is often the description. And they want to make good, proper, well-thought-out decisions. Uh, but to do that, they really, truly need to be informed. So I will go through a few different types of uh, giving strategies because I think that uh, this will really help your listeners understand better. So the first type that I'd like to describe is that in-kind donation of stocks and mutual funds. We commonly find that these donors are not aware that this is even a possibility. And as mentioned earlier, this is a big and growing part of our activity. People that hold non-registered investments that have appreciated significantly really do have a great opportunity. So they can donate these securities, gain a charitable donation receipt for the full value, and that's based on the day that the transfer paperwork is completed. And here's the take-home message in that no capital gains is paid when you gift in this fashion. And this is unlike then if you would cash out the stock, pay the tax, 
and then actually be able to gift the net amount. So there's a total difference there. So for donors that hold these assets, I would describe this as often the first pocket that they should consider. And this category can also include physical share certificates. In fact, I was working with a person just in the last couple of weeks in that regard. So for example, it's amazing to me how many people uh, still hold, for example, Sun Life shares when they were demutualized. Uh, this is a unique situation because their cost base is actually zero. They were gifted the shares. And so the full value of that asset is actually capital gains. And so once again, we can facilitate the gifting of this type of asset, and really it's a great benefit to the owner. Yeah, I chuckle to myself over here because I've, over my four years or so in business, I can think of a handful of people with Sun Life and Manual Life, mm -hmm. demutualized shares, and often they're floating around, held at some trust company, and <clears throat> it usually isn't until somebody they know passes away or until a spouse passes away and it becomes a real hassle to get them moved over that they even really take note of them and they're just kind of sitting there and they get a little dividend check or something every once in a while. So I'm sure you have lots of stories in that regard, but uh, any stories there that you can share? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll tell you a story about uh, Anna and she would be a, a single widow and probably in her early 80s is what I would guess that her age is. And uh, we were working actually on some will and uh, planning with her and her POA or power of attorney was actually in the room because obviously he wanted to be able to be uh, uh, in, in the story and be able to know uh, what was going on and what plans Anna specifically had. So as we were doing the will consult, we were actually reviewing her asset base and we identified that she had some of these non-registered securities on her balance sheet. And so we talked about and explained the opportunity of doing a gift of securities during her lifetime. Uh, you need to understand that her entire estate was going to be charitable. Uh, she didn't have any kids and her husband had passed away. And so she had long ago made the decision that the entire estate will be going to charity at some point. But we also helped her to identify that probably to be able to maximize some of those tax benefits, giving with a warm hand, i.e. when she's still uh, alive, probably really made some sense instead of leaving the entire estate to be given to charity when she passed away. So she's had some tremendous joy as far as seeing her gifting go to work when she's still alive. But I think that's a really neat example of being able to strategically use the gift of securities in a more holistic approach as far as the charitable plan. Very interesting. I think there's probably a lot of people who can resonate with that. And, you know, in her case, she didn't have any children. But even in the case where there are, I run into it quite often where people will say, yeah, I want to leave my kids something, but I don't want to leave it all to them. And then the conversation usually then comes up, well, you know, what about charity or anything like that? And certainly it can be applied there. So let's talk a little bit then, Marlo, about private company shares. You mentioned this just briefly here when you were listing some of the pockets and such that people can give out of. Um, I know this can get really complicated. So just let's just touch a high level of private company shares because this is something that, speaking for myself, I wasn't aware of even being in the industry for a while. Mm -hmm. Private company shares is definitely an option and specifically with some accountants insight, this area does not have to be 
extra complicated. I think the take-home message here is to understand that there is an opportunity to talk about donating private company shares. As you mentioned, a lot of people don't even recognize that it's a possibility. So we highly encourage those business owners to talk to their accountants, determine if this is a potential strategy that makes sense for them. I can tell you that it's typically done with preferred shares and there needs to be a ready buyer that's lined up to be able to then purchase those shares. And then we would collaborate with the accountant to work out the details. So the donor can engage in discussion with the Abundance Canada to really unpack more of those uh, particular details. But this type of gift, as you mentioned, is relatively not well understood. But understand that we do have the expertise to walk people through those details. Very interesting. So just to, I guess, put a little wrapper on that maybe for the listeners, you said it there, um, but I just want to emphasize it. You can donate private company shares to charity. Abundance Canada is, in essence, some ways, maybe this isn't the best term, but a enabler or the middle person in the transaction. But there has to be a ready buyer already. So if somebody is a has their corporation and they would like the ownership of the corporation ultimately to go to one of their children or to somebody who's worked there, this isn't replacing that. Um, it still will end there. The shares would be donated and then they would, there has to be a buyer, like you said, and so then they would purchase the shares. Mm-hmm. So yeah. certainly it still ends up, and that's part of the planning process is, you know, there has to be a buyer in place yet, but um, it's a strategy. So like I said, there's a lot of complicated different areas there. Certainly there needs to be consultation with experts in that area as well as accountants and everything like that. But for purposes of this podcast, Marlo and I just wanted to make sure that you as listeners are aware that that is a possibility. So Marlo, let's talk about uh, one other one here, lump sum cash transfers. Mm -hmm. We work with clients on a very regular basis that want to be uh, doing this. So lump lump cash transfer. This is another big area that often flies under the radar screen. So we see business owners and farm transitions that, let's say because of the uh, tax event unfolding, they desire a larger than normal charitable donation receipt in a particular year. So many of these individuals then are busy with uh, the legal details, meeting with the accountants, the lawyers, the transitioning partners, that even though they are charitable, they don't spend a lot of time maybe on the charitable giving piece or being able to think ahead. So they want to give through this process, but it often gets pushed down in that day-to-day activity. So once again, Abundance Canada can make this very simple. The donor can transfer funds to us, get the charitable donation receipt immediately, and then distribute the funds to the charities of their choice over time. And interestingly enough, there is a provision that allows you to carry forward a charitable donation uh, receipt for up to five years. So that's a little tip that a lot of your listeners may not know. So you don't have to use a charitable donation receipt up in the year that it was actually issued. So people can make a larger and strategic donation at the time that it makes sense for them, but actually have the choice to use that charitable donation receipt over the next few years. Mm -hmm. So to put that in, I think sometimes people ask, well, when is the best time to invest? And sometimes the, uh, it's a truthful answer, but sometimes it gets a chuckle as well, when you have the money. And so 
in this case, as pertains to the charitable giving, the best time to give, maybe just when you have the cash, and then you can apply it over the next five years. You can choose where it's actually going to go um, at a later time. But if you have the cash and you're inclined to give, now may be the best time, and then you can sort that out. So what advantages are there in using Abundance Canada rather than just giving directly to a charity? Yeah, this is a great question because it often comes up with donors and they would simply state, as you have, why would we use your services or what's the advantage then instead of giving directly to the charity? So I can probably identify five different points where we become really quite relevant. So example number one is those that want to make one donation, such as securities or private company shares, and then disperse the funds over time to multiple charities. So we really simplify this process. And I would say that also resonates with seniors. We often have uh, kids or powers of attorney uh, encourage their parents to be able to do this, meaning make one transfer to Abundance Canada, one receipt. They know what that is for then filing their income tax, and then they can do the disbursements afterwards. So it really streamlines the process. And uh, we see seniors that ultimately are chasing sometimes 16 or 20 charitable donation receipts at the end of the year. And so we make this easy for them. I think the example number two is clients who wish to be anonymous. And so we often don't talk about this, but I will tell you that this is a very interesting area. Some donors want to be completely anonymous. They do not want their name on the wall. They don't want their name in the charity's uh, literature. They don't want their name attached. They don't want recognition. So that individual can transfer funds to us. We will in turn transfer funds to the charities of their choice. And we simply say that it's from a friend. And so it's a great way for people to remain anonymous in their giving. I would say overall, this is a, a small percentage of our yearly activity. But for the people that do that, it's very, very important. So again, we can facilitate anonymous giving. The third example, it would be those who want to set up an account with some capital funds, but they have the vision that they only want to disperse the earnings on a, a yearly basis. So there's an analogy of some people wants, want to give away apples, and others actually want to plant an apple orchard so that they can continue to give apples away for a long, long time. And I think that's a neat way of thinking about it. So in the same mindset, some donors only want the earnings to go to charity each year, i.e. the apples from that apple orchard. And they want to maintain that capital pool of funds, and that means the orchard, so that they can continue to giving, giving away apples each year. So we do certainly work with folks that have that philosophy and it works out very well. A fourth example would be that the charity does not have the capacity to handle a complex donation, such as the donation of private company shares or gifts of securities. And so you need to understand that in the universe, uh, in the charitable world in Canada, there's about 86,000 charities. It's a huge number. So many of them do not have a lot of the expertise or even maybe even the brokerage accounts to be able to handle these types of transfers. So in fact, we do get a lot of advocacy from charities that have donors that want to give out of that specific pocket, but the charity doesn't have the ability to accept that gift. And so Abundance Canada becomes very relevant uh, to those situations. So again, we have the expertise to help the donor give specifically out of the pocket that makes the most sense for them. 
I think the last example that I'll provide, and an area that we have not discussed yet maybe as much, is, is, the, is in the area of gifts through a will. So we commonly find that donors that are giving in their lifetime quite often want to complement that with a gift when they pass away. And so it's typical that donors write sometimes specific charities into their will. And so let's use the example of a, uh, an estate that is going to be 80% split between the family, uh, the kids for example, and 20% is going to be the charitable portion. That's common as far as uh, using a percentages or a shares. And then people can obviously decide the percentages that make sense for them. But in this case, once again, Abundance Canada has an exceptional service that allows people to streamline this aspect. So you need to understand that if the charities are listed in the will, and lots of people have hardwired or listed the charities directly in the will, but you need to understand that the charities then also have a full right of accounting. So this means they get a, script, a description of where the funds go. And for some people, and especially I would say estate trustees, this can really be an intimidating issue. So our service allows the person making the will to direct the full charitable portion to Abundance Canada and then we can distribute according to their wishes. So this means that they have a form on file with us that lists the charities and the percentages of this charitable portion that when it arrives to us, we know ultimately which charities that it's supposed to be going to. So the advantage to the donor is that they can change that list of charities at any point in the future. They don't have any extra legal cost to be able to update the will, and they're simply updating the secondary list that's on file with Abundance Canada. And to loop back to my further uh, point there earlier, is the charities do not have the same access to the estate information. So for a lot of people, that's really the key part. And a large light bulb often goes on when people understand how we can be of benefit uh, into these specific situations. So I think in summary, anybody that has charitable intent through their will should very much seriously consider the advantages of flowing it through us. Yeah, I and just when you're saying that, it just makes sense. You know, rather than, well, if I want to... Right now, I have a portion that's going to go to ABC charity, and then I have a grandchild who's diagnosed with a debilitating disease, and maybe now I want some to go to that cause. Rather than having that to get rewritten through the will, it's a matter of simply updating the paperwork with you, um, which uh, certainly then is much easier, and there isn't a cost entailed to that. So very interesting. Exactly. People love the flexibility that they can add a charity in the future, change the percentages, they go to a different church, for example, and then there's no extra legal cost to be able to then uh, very simply change the charities of their choice. Certainly a lot of questions that I could ask in that regard. I have one question about, I'm going to hold it for now. So Marlo, could you maybe walk us through, We've you've given a few scenarios already throughout the podcast so far. But for this scenario, let's uh, discuss John and Judy, their business owners selling their business. They're going to realize a capital gain beyond the lifetime's capital gains exemption. They've never had the free cash flow to give much before, and now they would like that to be a priority of theirs. I think this is fairly common. So however, they don't know where exactly they want to give it all right now. What could they do? 
And Brian, we see this situation all the time. And uh, commonly, John and Judy, probably typically actually, have been giving to charity all along. It might be their church. It might be a handful of other charities. But all at once, they've got the liquidity, but also the heart to be able to make some significant gifts. And it also makes sense from a tax perspective to do exactly that. You know, so often the accountant might be pounding the desk to remind them that they've got a tax situation looming. So John and Judy have several options. And one very practical way that's also very easy is that they simply transfer cash to Abundance Canada when it's exactly relevant to their tax and income situation. So we can make this really easy and simple and absolutely straightforward for them. Uh, they're dealing with a multitude of decisions, and this is just not one that they often have immediate energy for. So they could transfer, for example, $150,000 to Abundance Canada and gain the charitable donation receipt immediately, and that's done. That part is very simple. Now, typically, these clients need some time to think more about where these funds of this type of a magnitude will be distributed to, to what charities, and how much and over what time period. They want to be thoughtful and often strategic in the process, but for right now, you know what? They just need the charitable donation receipt as other things are taking up a lot of that priority. And I would also say that these types of clients then have a long-term plan for these funds, meaning the intent would be to potentially distribute these funds to charity over the next 10 years. So effectively, they can front load their charitable gifting account and then being able to use that money and draw from those funds to give to the charities of the choice over time. Very, very interesting. Well, I think there's a lot of stories that we could tell, that you could tell. I'm just going to relate just briefly, of course, without using any specific information, that this has just came up with for me in the last week. And it actually has become quite enjoyable for the person because in working through where they desire their assets to go that aren't used during their lifetime, charity came up. And this person at least wasn't aware of really an idea of how much that was. And so after allocating what was desired to go to the children and figuring in all the spending that we could figure in, they still had a couple million dollars that we would project course it's a projection but that would be left to charity mm -hmm. and so that number was a little staggering the fun part for them gets into now they have to go out and figure out what charities and so there's one that came to mind right away but they don't necessarily want to leave them the full amount so now it's over the course of the next few months the homework assignment in air quotes that i gave them is they have to go and research some charities and find out which ones that they actually want to give money to. And uh, anyways, they're rather enjoying that. I get emails here and there that say, oh, well, we know we're looking at this one today, that type of thing. One thing I do want to ask, Marlo, and I apologize, I did not clue you into this question at all. It just came to me while you're talking about it. I suppose there is a potential where there is a charity that is registered in the U.S., and is not a registered charity in Canada. So if that scenario would arise where somebody wants to give to that charity, I I think there's some, some tax agreements, treaties or whatever that maybe recognize that. Um, but can you maybe touch on that? Can somebody give via Abundance Canada? And 
it end up going to a U.S. charity that doesn't have a Canadian partner? Yes, that question commonly comes up. We find that donors typically have some connections on a regular basis, actually, to some American-based charities. Uh, it's called Schedule 8 is the list of charities that actually Canadian charities can transfer to uh, in the, the U.S. And so it's a very prescribed list. I would say commonly it is universities and schools that Canadian students would be attending. Uh, but to be clear, that list is flexible. It does change. And so there is some provisions in very specific instances that funds can flow through to American charities, but we need to keep an eye on that list as the donor does. So the right answer is maybe. <laughs> and uh, so, but uh, we do commonly address that question because people do have ties or have charities in the U.S. or schools in the U.S. specifically that they do want to be able to transfer funds to. Yeah. And I guess like in the back of my head where I was thinking was if I say in my case, I wanted to leave money to our seminary, mm -hmm. which is domiciled in the U.S. Um, there's probably a way to do that via a fund, via a Canadian church affiliated with a denomination. But certainly, you know, they're not registered in Canada, the seminary themselves. So anyways, just think that thought, that question came to mind while you were talking. So well, I guess in closing, Marlo, I want to really thank you for coming on the show. I think that there's a lot of really valuable information that you shared. Hopefully it tweaks the mind of the listeners a little bit so that they, when it comes to their charitable giving interests, that they maybe look at what the possibilities are and how they can maximize giving out of the pocket that they choose to give out of and which pocket that should be. So thanks for coming on. Um, if any of you listeners have any questions or want to contact Marlo, um, you can certainly do that. Um, how can they reach out to you, Marlo? Sure. There's a few ways to connect with me. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I often post articles of interest a few times a month. So connect with me on that platform and I'm happy to start a conversation. Also, Abundance.ca is the website for Abundance Canada. On the site, you can use the About tab and then click through to the Ontario team, and you can find my contact information there. And so, Brian, in summary, I want to remind your listeners that Abundance Canada is a strategic charitable giving expert. We help donors customize a plan that works for them. And our tagline is generosity changes everything. And what this means is that generosity not only changes the world, but it truly also impacts the heart of the donor. So I want to thank you for inviting me to your podcast today. Yeah, very good. I think that's a fantastic saying. So here at the end, I am going to insert, I've mentioned it a couple times throughout the podcast already, but I'm going to insert it here again at the end, that we've talked some about some potential tax benefits that can be utilized when giving to charities. We've talked about, for example, life insurance and about private company shares and those things. All of this requires planning specific to specific situations with a person's professionals. So that means certainly their financial planner, it could mean Abundance Canada with their expertise, but it ultimately means certainly it has to involve the individual's accountant and those who are licensed to give the accounting and legal advice um, and that type of thing because Abundance Canada is not your accountant, I'm not your accountant. 
we're not attorneys. So this is broad information, but specific to your situation, certainly you need to consult your professionals. So anyways, thanks for listening to the podcast. I look forward to you joining us next time when we sit down with another local business owner to learn about their business. Thank you for listening to the Fields of Success podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please take a moment to share it with your friends and provide a review. As well, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please email Brian at podcast at seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. That's podcast at seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. If you would like further information about Brian's firm, Seed Time and Harvest Wealth Council of Manulife Securities Incorporated, please check out the website at www.seedtimeandharvestwc.ca. There you can find more information, schedule a meeting, and check out the notes from this podcast episode. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.